Good morning. And happy Mother's Day. I, I just thanked your pastor over and again for inviting me today. It has been a long time since I've got the privilege to preach on Mother's Day. I think the last one that I did was almost nine years ago at South Hamilton Baptist Church when I was still pastoring there. I have these, these stingy preachers in this association will not give me a Mother's Day, but your pastor did. And I'm thankful. I, I love your pastor and his wife and his family. I thank God for them. I was, uh, I was with him and had the honor to preach at his ordination service. So that's how, when we go back even further than that. So I, I love your pastor and thank God. And I, and I thank you folks for being good to your pastor and his family. Always take care of them, no matter what. Love on them, take care of them, bless them as much as you can because there's blessings to the church that take care of the man that God's placed here to lead them. So always, always take care of your pastor and his family and love on them as much as you can. Spoil them rotten when you get the opportunity because, uh, because it's just good and it makes everybody feel good, you know. Uh, I, I'm just excited this morning. I, I thank you folks for being a part of the Marion County Baptist Association. I thank you for allowing me to be your director of missions. I have had uh, a, a wonderful time in the past nine years in this position. I get to go all over the county and preach. I get the, I've got the opportunity to get into a lot of churches that I probably would have never had the opportunity to preach at since I've come into this position. So, so thank you for allowing me to be your director of missions and thank you for all that you do in this area for Jesus because that's what we're about anyway, isn't it? That's, that's, that's the sole purpose that this church or any of the other 20 churches and the association, that's the only reason we're, we exist is because of Him. It's not about us and it's not about individuals and it's not about feeling good and it's not about all of that stuff. It's about Jesus. And my goodness, doesn't this world need to know about Jesus? My goodness. Uh, it just seems like everything has just gone haywire, doesn't it? But you know what? In the midst of all of that, don't you praise God that you know the one who's in control of all. Amen? Amen. Well, the, today being Mother's Day, of course, I'm going to be speaking to uh, primarily the moms, but, uh, but to everyone, everyone, we, anytime we open the Word of God, we can always get, get a word from God, can't we? Any one of us, anytime that that takes place. And, but today I want to talk to all of us about a... Uh, Mother's love, a mother's love. I'm going to read to you out of Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, I'm going to read verses 20 through 23. Would you stand with me in reverence to the reading of the Word of God? Matthew chapter 20 beginning in verse 20. Then came he, excuse me, then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children and her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that, there, that these 
My two sons may sit, the one on the right hand and the other on the left hand, in the kingdom of God. But Jesus answered and said, You know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they say unto him, We are able. Pause with me a moment and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I always humbly bow before you. And I always want to start, Lord, by telling you that I love you. And I want to thank you, God, for your precious son, Jesus. Because, Father, were it not be for him, we wouldn't be here today. We would all be destined for an awful place called hell. Because, Lord, our righteousness is as filthy rags before you. But because of everything that Jesus did... And because of the wonderful free gift of salvation, Father, we can rejoice today knowing that our home is with you one day. God, I thank you for the privilege to be allowed to preach just one more time. I thank you for every person who's seated in this church. It's not by chance or an accident that we have come to this place. But Father, you have brought us all here for a reason and a purpose today. Lord, it is my prayer that we will not be the same when we leave from here as we were when we came. That God, you will have your way in every heart in the building today. And that God, we will be obedient to your Holy Spirit. And we will respond in the way you want us to respond. Lord, I didn't come here to preach my message. Father, I came here to preach what you want preached this day. Don't let me get in your way, Father. Let souls be saved and lives be changed forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. A lot of people look at Mother's Day differently. Uh... It's exciting around my house on this day because my kids know that they've got one of the best mamas in the world. I'm thankful to God that he gave me Teresa. I'm thankful that she's still here. She's had a three-year battle and a couple of times in that battle, doctors even said she probably wasn't supposed to be here anymore. But uh, God said, no, we're going to do something different here. So I'm thankful to God that Teresa's here. But I think on this day as well, and I think about my mom. And she's going on to be with Jesus in glory. And so there's just a little bit of a twinge of uh, sadness in my heart this morning as well. Not sadness for my mother, because my mother is rejoicing in glory. My mother was a godly lady who loved Jesus and taught us to love Jesus, so... Knowing Jesus as her personal Savior promised her a place in glory. Amen. So it's not that I'm sad where my mom is because that's where we're all striving to be, correct? It's that I miss her. You know? I miss not being able to go by and uh, see my mom today. So here's my commercial, all right? If your mama is still walking on planet Earth, 
Somehow and in some way, you make sure you talk to your mama today. Whether it be a phone call or go by and see her, whatever, you make sure that you speak to your mama today and tell her how much you love her because there's no direct telephone lines to glory. I can't tell my mama that today. And so, you know, in that light, for those of you who might be feeling a little bit like that, like I'm feeling today, I want you to hear something that came out of the book of Lamentations that God gave me. This is before I ever preach, okay? I ain't got preaching yet. This is before I ever preach, all right? But in the book of Lamentations, you know what that book is. Uh, Jeremiah was, was lamenting. He was griping, growling, complaining, hurting. He was going through all of these feelings because he felt like he was all alone in a terrible world. And he said this. He said in, in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 24, listen. Well, let's start at 21 because before that he was just uh, he was just pouring out some griping, okay? Prior to that. And then in verse 21 he said, "This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. If it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not." Listen to this. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in Him. God's mercies are new every morning. That's glory to me, y'all. That's, that makes me feel good this morning. That I may get up in the morning and I may not feel good at all. I may be down, I may be depressed, I may be lonely, I may be hurting. I may be confused. I may be feeling all these emotions that Jeremiah was feeling at that time, but then I can step back and I can say, you know what? The Lord is my strength and my portion. The Lord gives me new mercies every morning when I get up. So this morning, if you're hurting a little bit, if mom's not here, Just know that God's mercy is new for you this morning. And he can give you a peace that passes all understanding. That's what we sing about, isn't it? How he loves us. You see, God loves us in a way that we can't understand. Because uh, we decide, I'll love you. If you love me. But Christ died for us before we loved him. Think about that. God loved me when I was a filthy, stinking, rotten, nasty sinner. He loved me anyway. Folks, God's mercy is new every morning and God's mercy is new for you this morning. And if you're hurting, he's got a peace that passes all understanding that he can give to you this morning. So rely on him. Trust him through this day. Think on the wonderful things about your mom. You know? Because we've all got some great things we can think about. Now, with that said... I I found this little write-up that I'm going to share with you I thought was pretty good. It said that mothers are teachers, disciplinarians, and cleaning ladies. 
Some mothers are gardeners and mowers of lawns, and most mothers understand that baking cookies is more important than washing windows too. Mothers are nurses, doctors, psychologists, counselors, chauffeurs, and coaches. Mothers are developers of personalities, molders of vocabularies, and shapers of attitude. And my mama could shape my attitude with the best of them. Let me ask y'all something. Y'all, y'all, y'all ever got a whooping with a wet dish, wet dish rag? I'm going to tell you something. That's one of the worst whoopings I ever got in my life, and I deserved every second of it. I won't go into the details, but I, 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 I should have got a whole lot more than what I got, by the way. But, uh, but that was just an opportune moment for my mama. Me and my brother were washing dishes, and uh, he made me mad, and so I dunked his head in the dishwasher and uh, water. And uh, after that, mama decided to whoop me with a wet dish rag. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Mothers are soft voices saying, I love you. And mothers are a link to God. A child's first impression of God's love. Mothers are all of these and much, 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 much more. One of my favorite columns by Irma Bombeck tells of God in the act of creating mothers. Now, we know this is fiction, okay, before I ever read it. But this is what she wrote. She says that on the day God created mothers, he had already worked long overtime. And an angel said to him, Lord, you sure are spending a lot of time on this one. The Lord replied, have you read the specs on this one? She's supposed to be completely washable, but not plastic. She's to have 180 moving parts, all of them replaceable. She's to have a kiss that will heal everything from a broken leg to a broken heart. She's to have a lap that will disappear whenever she stands up. She's to be able to function on black coffee and leftovers. And she's supposed to have six pairs of hands. Six pairs of hands, said the angel, that's impossible. It's not the six pairs of hands that bothers me, said the Lord. It's the three pairs of eyes. She's supposed to have one pair that sees through closed doors so that whenever she says, what are you kids doing in there, she already knows what they're doing in there. She has another pair in the back of her head to see all the things she's not supposed to see, but she must see. And then she has one pair in front that can look at a child that just goofed and communicate love and understanding without saying a word. We've all gotten that look before, haven't we? That's too much, said the angel. You can't put that much in one model. Why don't you rest and resume your creating tomorrow? Lord said, I can't. I'm close to creating someone very much like myself. I've already come up with a model who can heal herself when she is sick, feed a family of six with one pound of hamburger, and persuade a nine-year-old to take a shower. Then the angel looked at the model of motherhood a little more closely and said, She's too soft. Oh, but she's tough, said the Lord. You'd be surprised at how much this mother can do. Can she think? asked the angel. 
Not only can she think, said the Lord, but she can reason, compromise, and persuade. Then the angel reached over and touched her cheek. This one has a leak. I told you you couldn't put that much into one model. That's not a leak, said the Lord. That's a tear. What's the tear for? asked the angel. Well, it's for joy, sadness, sorrow, disappointment, and pride. You're a genius, said the angel. And God said, oh, but I didn't put it there. Her children did. Maybe with everything that I've said so far in mind, we can better understand Mrs. Zebedee, the mother of James and John. You see, she was aware of Jesus' teaching about his kingdom. She was also very aware of the fact that her sons, James and John, were very close to Jesus. They were two-thirds of the inner circle of Peter, James and John. So, she was certain that when the Lord formed His kingdom, that they would have positions of responsibility and authority. But in the first part of this same chapter, Jesus tells this story that probably disturbed her a little bit. It was about a landowner who went out to find people to work for him early in the morning. They agreed upon a fair day's wage and those people started to work early that morning. Then at noon and at evening he found more workers and they started working. But when it came to the end of the day and time to pay the workers everybody received the same wage. I don't know about y'all, but when I think about that, that gives me goosebumps all over. The Lord wasn't telling them that story for, to, to just give an example about paying workers. You know what he was talking about? He was talking about people coming into the kingdom. Some people come into the kingdom, they get saved at a very young age, early in the morning. Some people come into the kingdom or they get saved maybe midway through life. And here's the glory. There are some people who come into the kingdom in the, in the evening, the latter part of life. But regardless of when we come into the kingdom of God, regardless of when we are saved, we all receive the same wage. And do you know what that wage is? We all receive heaven. No matter 
At what age? See, there are people who think that, uh, you know, I've done this or I've done that and there's no way in the world that the Lord could ever save me. There are some people who think, well, I've went all of my life and I've waited too late. There's just no hope for me because I'm this age or that age and it just can't happen. But that story proves the point that at any time in our life when we say yes to the drawing of the Holy Spirit of God, when we say yes to Jesus, when we tell Jesus, yes, Lord, I I believe at that moment we become a child of God. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter about age. Doesn't matter about time. What matters is whether or not a person accepts Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That's it. That's all that matters. Well, I hear people fussing and fighting and arguing over all this kind of junk and, and getting these, their, their religion in the way of what really matters. Do you know that, un, that religion will carry you to hell? Understand that. The, the greatest religious minds of Jesus' day, Jesus called them a bunch of hypocrites and told them that they were going to go to hell. The Pharisees, y'all remember that? Folks, religion is a major stumbling block to a lot of people. We just, we just need to know Jesus. He's enough. And then he carves the path for our life. Did I like the path that he carved for me at first? No, I sure didn't. I didn't like it at all. I didn't want to be a preacher. I wanted to be anything but a preacher. I had my mind set on making money. I grew up in a preacher's house. I knew what that was. I knew what that life was. The Lord called me to preach the first time when I was 15. And I said, uh-uh, not going to happen. So for 12 years, Keith did his own thing. Going and doing whatever I wanted to do. Shaming my family, shaming my dad and my mom. Living an ungodly life. But at 27 and everything falling apart, my world crashing down. Oh, and by the way, I had got to a place I was making some pretty good money. I had what you'd think everybody was, was wanting at the time. I was uh, 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 up and come, youngest per, up and coming manager in a company. Everything rocking and rolling, everything great and wonderful. Home office in New York was talking about what they was going to do with me. I was running my own warehouse. I was... I was the youngest guy in the company doing all of that. All of a sudden, one day, they walked in and said, See y'all. I said, What? They said, We're filing chapter 13. It's over. What am I going to do now? This is all I know. What am I going to do? I go home and my home life is a shambles. It's a wonder my wife stayed with me. It's a miracle she did. And I finally got a little sense about me and I said, you know what, I think I'll go with my mom to church. <laughs> little did I know that my little old quiet mama had just been praying her heart out for me for years. But you know what? I found out that all the things of this world is not what matters. It's about Jesus. 
It's 100% about Jesus. And it's about walking with Him. It's about being with Him. It's about doing what He wants you to do and letting Him carve the path out. And if you do that, He'll bless your life. We'll put Him first, then all the other things is added. All the other stuff will come. But He's got to be first. You know, uh, I think about James and John's mom. It must have caused her to wonder, will my sons really have positions of authority in the Lord's new kingdom? So when the opportunity presented itself to come to the Lord, Matthew says that she bowed before him and she made this request. She said, when you establish your kingdom, I would request seats on your right and left hand for my two sons. We can very easily criticize her for being presumptuous, can't we? That's the first thought that wants to jump in our mind. You're being very presumptuous by asking the Lord this. But since today is Mother's Day, maybe we ought to think for a moment concerning some positive things about James and John's mom. We need to also recognize that when she came to Jesus, while Jesus didn't grant her request, he didn't deny it either. He simply reminded her of the cost of being seated on the right or left hand and then told her that it is the Father who determines who's going to be seated there. Now, what are some good things about Mrs. Zebedee? First of all, she came to the Lord praying that her sons might be a part of his kingdom. Catch that. She came to the Lord praying that her sons might be a part of his kingdom. I can think of no more important task of motherhood than to pray, first off, and, and then to want to ensure that your children are a part of the kingdom of God. Amen? I know that Many mothers pray. Sometimes they pray out of necessity and sometimes they pray because motherhood is not easy. Sometimes mothers pray out of frustration, out of, out of it all. And sometimes in the frustration of trying to teach our children, we realize the difficulties of communication. A friend of mine told me once about the first time that she gave her four-year-old son some responsibility. She had to leave the room, and her son's name was Steve. And she told her son Steve to watch Susan, who was his baby sister, while she stepped out of the room for a moment. She had only been gone for a few seconds, and she said she heard a thump and then some loud crying. She ran back to the room to find that Susan had fallen off the couch 
and was stretched out on the floor screaming her lungs out. Meanwhile, Steve just sat there looking innocent. My friend said, she looked at her son and she said, Steve, I told you to watch your baby sister. And he looked at her and he said, Mama, I did. I watched her fall and I watched her cry. He did exactly what he was told to do. <laughs> he watched her. Being a parent's not easy, is it? It's kind of difficult. They, when they get here, they don't come with a book of instructions, do they? But Mrs. Zebedee gives us a valuable example. She prayed earnestly that her sons would be a part of his kingdom. We need that same concern today, mamas and daddies and grandmamas and granddaddies. We need that same concern. We need to pray that our children are saved. I can remember as a little boy growing up at uh, Harmony Grove. Boy, I tell you what, the last thing you wanted was them little old ladies to, to light into praying for you. I can remember them being in the altar, them little old ladies. And buddy, when they prayed, they didn't, they didn't care who was listening. And if they called you out by name before the Lord, they didn't care if you heard. They were weeping and they were praying for lost folks and for folks to get right. And when they'd get up, it'd be a wet place in the carpet where their tears had hit the floor. They had a deep concern for the salvation of the next generation. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And folks, that's what we've got to get back to. We've got to get back to praying for the salvation of those around us and for the next generation. Praying earnestly that God will save their soul. That's what she did. She prayed to the Lord. We need to pray. Secondly, she prayed that her sons would be actively involved in the work of the kingdom. Not only did she want her sons to be part of the kingdom, but she wanted them to be actively involved in the kingdom. Maybe it's, it's not enough just to be saved. Churches are full of people content just to fill a pew on Sunday mornings. There are plenty of people willing to sit back and, and receive blessings, but seldom do a lot of folks get involved in doing the real work of the church. But folks, the spirit of service begins at home with, with mamas and daddies. We got to set the example and pray that our kids will get involved in the work of the kingdom. Children follow our lead. They follow our example. If we show them how to quit, then they will quit. But if we show them how to work, they will work. 
Not only did she pray for her that her sons would be part of the kingdom, be saved, but she also prayed that they would be actively involved in kingdom work. How often do you, once your children get saved, how often do you spend time praying that God would take foremost center stage in their life? that they will hear the call of God and they will give a positive response to that call. Folks, we have a shortage of preachers. I'm preaching all over the place and it's not because I'm a great preacher, all right? It's not because I'm good looking and everybody wants to look at me either. Part of that is because we don't have any younger preachers coming up. What, does that mean God's not calling anymore? No, it means that folks are being stubborn like I was and they're not surrendering to the call. We got to pray just like my wife and my mama and my grandmama and a lot of other people did. We got to get on our face before God and, that, and, and pray and ask God to send laborers into the field because the field is white to harvest but the laborers are few. We've got to pray that God will send laborers. We asked you a question, is it you? Are you running from God? Has He called you? I know that feeling. I'm going to tell you something. If it is, you miserable as all get out. You can't hardly stand what's stirring around in you right now. You're just miserable. It's a miserable feeling to be running from God Knowing that you're supposed to be over here, but you're way over here. That's a terrible feeling, but you don't have to stay that way. The greatest peace I got in my life is the day that I said, Okay, Lord, I've burned up my life. I've burned up my testimony. If you can use this old burned up testimony, here I am, Lord. I laughed when I surrendered. I said, Well, this will last one, maybe two sermons. Nobody's going to want to hear me preach anyway. Boy, God's got a sense of humor. I forgot my dad's C.W. Box and everybody in the country knew him. And when they found out one of his boys surrendered to preach, they wanted to hear him. So for a year and a half, I didn't miss a Sunday preach and I was in the pulpit every Sunday. Once again, it wasn't because I was such a great preacher because Lord knows them folks endured some pitiful sermons back then. It's because God was showing me I'll use who I want to. I'll use who I want to. We just got to be available. She prayed that her son would be in the kingdom and she prayed that they would be actively involved in the kingdom. Thirdly, she had big expectations and I like that. I like that. She didn't just pray that her boys would be doorkeepers, did she? She wanted them on the right and left hand of Jesus. Too often we settle for mediocrity in the church. For too long we have been content with just barely making it through the door. For too long we've been content to sit back and just let things happen. It's time for some of us to take our positions on the right and left hand and become leaders. It's time to strive for excellence is what I'm trying to say. It's time to reach for the very best that there is. The Lord calls us to be His disciples. 
and to be effective laborers in His kingdom. Every person that God saves has a talent. Some have one, some have many, but we all have at least one talent to use in God's kingdom. And folks, I'll say this. I don't believe that that talent is to be a pew sitter. I really don't. That's all of us can do that. The Lord calls us to be his disciples. You remember Irma Bombach had God saying as he was creating a mother, I'm close to creating something very much like myself. I guess that's why today is just so very special. Because we recognize that a mother's love is the closest example we have to God's love. It's a love that goes through the shadow of death to bring life into being. It's a love that sacrifices itself over and over and over and over again and would even lay down its life for its offspring. I read a story. I'm a history buff. I love to study history. And I read a story that happened during World War II and is about Solomon Rosenberg and his wife and their two sons and his mom and his dad who were... um, The Nazis had captured them and they were Jewish and had taken them uh, to a concentration camp during World War II. And it was a labor camp and, and here were the rules to the labor camp. As long as you can do your work, you can live. When you get to work, or when you get to a place to where you can't work anymore, then you're exterminated. Well, he, Rosenberg watched his mom and his dad marched off to their death and he knew that his youngest son David was next because he was growing weaker and weaker every day. Well, one day he came back into their barracks that they were sleeping in and he couldn't find his family and he finally found his oldest son Joshua in a corner and he was sitting there crying and he was praying and he said, Josh, tell me it's not true. His son turned and said, it's true, Today David was not strong enough to do his work, so they came for him. But where is your mother? He said, oh, Papa. When they came for David, he was afraid and he cried. Mama said, there's nothing to be afraid of, David. And she took his hand and she went with him. That's motherhood. Moms, this is your day. And I pray to the good Lord that he blesses you every moment of it. And I pray that if there's someone here who's never experienced the love of God that is so close to the love of a mother, it is my prayer that you will accept the Lord today. You don't have to feel scared and alone today. God will take you by the hand and go with you every day if you'll let him.
all the way through death to his kingdom in eternity. In the 23rd Psalm, what did he say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The Lord extends his invitation in much the same way that a mother opens the doors of her home and invites her children to come back again. He invites all of us today to come and experience his love. Moms, dads, grandparents, do you pray? Do you pray? Have you prayed for the salvation of your children? That God would use them in his kingdom work? Have you prayed for your family? Have you prayed for your church? Have you prayed for your nation? Folks, we must learn how to pray again. We must learn how to sincerely bow before the King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, the last time that I checked, he's still the same Jesus that walked on this earth. He did some pretty amazing things when he walked on this earth, didn't he? Well, what's different about him now? Don't limit him. Don't limit the Lord. Jesus can do anything that he wants to do. Now, I can't make him do anything. I can pray and make requests. But there's one thing, you know, we, we, talk, we think about pray, uh, praying in God's will. Well, didn't he say that it, it is not my will that any should perish? So when we're praying for the salvation of people that we love and we're praying for the salvation of our community and for this state and for our nation, we're praying in God's will. Oh my goodness, how I pray. That, that, that God succeeds and we win in, in, in overturning Roe v. Wade. I think of all of these moms that's been deceived and all these babies that's been murdered. I feel so sorry for all of them and the hurt that has to go in their heart to know, have to live with that from now on. It has to be painful, doesn't it? We need to pray that that happens. We need to pray. So this morning during our invitation, some of you might need to just go to your mama and give her a big old hug this morning and just tell her how much you love her and thank her for being your mama. Some of you need to come to Jesus and you know your mama's been praying for you for your whole life. And her heart's hurting because she wants to know that you will be in the kingdom of God. So you need to get saved this morning. I can't save you, but I can lead you to the one who can. 
Some of you need to make your mama smile by going ahead and surrendering to God's will for your life and doing what God's called you to do. Some of you are just hurting and you just need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm hurting. I need you this morning. I'm talking to you, Lord. You told me to pray. Now I'm praying. I need you this morning. I'm, my heart hurts, Lord. Will you help me? he give you a peace. So let's stand together. And let's just let Jesus have his way. This is your time between you and God. This altar doesn't belong to anybody but the Lord. And everybody's welcome to come. So I invite you to come this morning.